0: In many families, it's common for one person in a relationship to take a step back in their career to help with the mental load and logistics of running the home and children.
1: But when a relationship ends, the person who's been the primary carer will often find themselves needing to increase their earning capacity and in some cases they might have been out of the workforce for years. So today's episode is all about the relaunch.
0: You're listening to Divorce Story, the podcast that will help you get back on your feet after a relationship separation. I'm Annalise Dent. And I'm Cass Thorburn. On the show today, we talk about relaunching your career. What options are available? What do you say on your CV? And where do you even begin?
1: Now, Cass, that's something that you might know a bit about the relaunch <laughs> the relaunch <laughs> <laughs> getting yourself back out there into the career world
0: for me it wasn't a real conscious decision to kind of go okay what am i going to do work wise I'd always known that I would return to the industry that I'd come from. I'd worked in the media since I was 13 years of age. So I always knew that it was kind of just taking a step back. And even during the the marriage, I was still involved with the media. You know, you have conversations with your husband and you talk about the industry that they're in. Fortunately for me, that was the media industry. So I still got to keep up to date and really abreast of everything that, that the industry that I loved was about.
1: Yeah. And would you make the same choice again to take a step back from career to focus on family? It was a decision we made together.
0: There was long hours to be done. There was three children. By the time I stopped working, it was actually after the birth of our second child and I was quickly pregnant with the third. So it was kind of a decision that we made, partly financial, partly just logistics because of the early hours you know it was very difficult to sort of have someone leaving the family home at three thirty in the morning and then the next person you know trying to get three kids wherever and then me get to somewhere and then I mean how does it all logistically work so for us that was the decision that we made. After separation there was an article though that was written that I was kind of the an example to young women as to why you should never choose to stay home and raise a family. That I must
1: have really stung.
0: That was the one that I was really offended over because I think a the writer was having an opinion about something that a she didn't know anything about, and b she was saying that that I was a reason why no female should make that choice. Or male, by the way. I mean, there are men deciding to be the stay-at-home parent as well. They were saying that no one should make that choice. No one should put their child first or children first. No one should put that decision that might be the best thing for your family, no one should put that first. Well, why not? And why are you judging everybody like that? Why would you make that judgment? Why would young people be sitting there, if that's actually what, you know, they really want to do is have a family and, you know, put that as their, you know, main focus? I mean, I didn't do that. I had a career and then finished working for a while or took a break but why would you tell anybody that they don't have that choice in their life why would you
1: take choices away from anybody these days yeah and and it's and it, it is such a beautiful choice and it's not one that everyone can make financially as well I made the choice I think it was about five years that I was out of the workforce having young kids in a row and um and I mean, yeah, I I feel really fortunate that I got to do that because the job that I was in before I had kids was working behind the scenes in radio and it was full on, it was events, it was weekends, it was, you know, 14-hour days. It It was crazy. And so when I actually went back into that same role after having a considerable break, it was really tough to go back into that same role. And I did really feel torn about missing out on so much time having my youngest was 18 months at the time and it was really tough going back into that same job and then it just happened so having life evolved and and I was able to have an opportunity on air in radio and then I could give up that behind the scenes job which was so time consuming so I sort of come full circle and now I'm freelance but I would never have given up those years that I spent at home with young kids that was precious and you're right. Not
0: everybody can make the decision to stay home. But a lot of people make the decision to take a bit of a step back. They may take a job because there's no travel. They may yeah. take a change in their in their position that's a lower pay for less commitment. Yeah. You know, there are people that make many various choices when they have a family. And those decisions are normally made by the married couple not just by one person and I think that's what we have to remember people are doing what is the best for their children and their family and no one should be um, judging or passing judgment on those decisions and if you end up separated well okay then it's on
1: to the next chapter We are fortunate enough to be joined by Gillian Fox from the Gillian Fox Group for some career advice and tips on where to begin. Gillian successfully relaunched her career from a senior
0: executive to an entrepreneur. She's an author, moderator and senior executive coach and she joins us now.
1: Gillian, what typical challenges do career pivoters face? What?
0: biggest challenge that they face
2: is the expectation that it takes longer than everyone expects. You know, figuring out what you want to do, reflecting, exploring that, and then there's the transition. I kind of like to think of it as a bit more of as a marathon than a sprint. Yet people kind of come at it with these expectations and they can be big expectations because they might look back at their past career, which may have been you know, their last big gig, may have been eight, ten or more years ago or it might be a couple of years ago and they see themselves in these great roles, you know, as a marketing manager of blah, and now they want to turn and they have this expectation that they have to land somewhere really fantastic because that's congruent with the person, how they define themselves. And I think, you know, one of the the challenges is that imposed expectation. And um, I, I think it can be a real career limiter. And I love the idea of women sort of starting small because even even if you do want to go back and be a marketing manager, for example, you know, if you start with a, a much more basic role and you build your confidence, it could even be in a boutique and, you know, you are knocking the socks off customers and the 30-year-old manager that you're reporting to and demonstrating all of those fantastic qualities that you have your confidence will build quickly and it will take you to somewhere else very fast Mm. Um, so I think you know it's time it takes time deciding what you want to do is big and managing your own beliefs.
0: Gillian you're so right there in terms of what I know from my experience was that I kind of went Okay, well this is what I did before and I've continued to dabble in things along the road as small as they were. But I kind of said to myself, well wait a second, how, you know, how do you have the expectation that you could go back into that role and and do you really want to, you know? And what training would it involve for me to do that? So I think people really have to think about that as as when they're making that decision, don't you think? I
2: definitely. And I think, you know, it's such an interesting thing because I see this so often with women that come out of divorces. It's like a wonderful discovery of talent and capability. And it's so hard in the beginning. There's no, you know, painting that up any prettier. It can be so hard at the beginning and the uncertainty. Um but that perseverance, I've seen women land in places two to three years later that they would have never have dreamed that they would land in. I mean, Cass, did you see yourself doing a podcast at this stage?
0: No, absolutely not. I was thinking that just, you know, and I never saw myself doing Dancing with the Stars at all. Um, yes. I, never, I never saw myself on Studio 10 and I never saw myself writing a children's book and doing a, a course in children's book writing. I never saw any of those things. But, you know, sitting there doing exactly what you said at that point in time was what is it that I would A have always liked to do if I had you know just lived on my own, um and and B you know how would I go about doing it but have that knowledge in my mind that you can't just race in like a bull at the gates. Yeah,
2: yeah. It takes it takes time, and I think um because you you know for a lot of women, particularly if you have to go back and you have to make money, you know, there's that extra layer of pressure there, and um. You kind of want to welcome a bit of rigour and routine and security into your world at the front end. So this idea of entering something that feels a bit safer, you know you can nail this role. Like, you know you can nail this role. And while you're in that lovely space, you know, you're cultivating new relationships. You're getting a whole different perspective on what might be possible. You know, you're getting curious about different things. And it naturally starts you on this lovely path from complete ambiguity to actually starting to define something that lights you up.
1: Gillian, I think one of the things that probably stumps people when they've had time out of the workforce is the cv like what what do you put for that period of time what like can you just sort of give you know like a heading and then a sentence even what people should write it's so just so they've got that confidence and know what to say on their cv when they've been out of the workforce
2: yeah i've seen some very nice cvs in, in the, exactly that sort of context Annalise, and listen i think showcasing your value by demonstrating your skills is the key thing. So if you led a committee at school or you organised a charity event or you raised money by participating in a 50 kilometre walk that was a team event, um, I, I think all of those things demonstrate different skills and are worthy of inclusion. I also think getting someone who is great at writing to help you articulate your experience. So get a draft down, Go to your buddy who's got some good um, writing skills and and help them to, you know what I mean, just make a little bit more um, dazzling. And uh, dazzling, I mean, we're, we're, we're not very good at upselling ourselves and, and, you know, talking about our own skills. So getting someone else to have a look at that from a different perspective and improving it can um, can be really useful and you know there's so many I think the, the biggest limitation is the way you know you can see yourself but giving it to someone else it's like wow these skills are great let's just you know make it elaborate on that point and include these things and it, and it does come together quite nicely
1: because mm, your best friend's always going to say much more beautiful things about you than you would because you know they they see them all
2: yeah that's right and you know we need i think you know there's such so many of the questions you've um, been curious about you know we need advice and perspective and it's such a great time when you're trying to cultivate something new like a new career to get that advice and perspective as you move forward
0: The first thing that I did was my girlfriend, Cara, came to me and said, right, pick a course, which was, you know, we did the children's book course. But when we enrolled, you had to, you know, write about yourself. And so we sat there opposite each other and wrote about each other. And that's what we put in because we were introducing ourselves to everybody else in the online course. And I really um, value what you're saying there about having someone else help you with your resume because your strengths are often something that you don't actually see because you don't benefit from them sometimes.
2: Yeah, I think so too. I I think so too. And Cass, when you read your friend's interpretation of you
0: did it make? How, how did that go for you? No, I mean, I, I mean, there was some funny parts of it, but it was also, you know, <laughs> the, some of the strengths that my friends have said, like, and that was early on. But since then, you know, I, my friends and I often talk about our strengths, you know. I've, I've realised after that experience that it really is beneficial to do that with your friends, you know. Tell them when, you know, they do something or or they say something that is, you know, is reflective of them and their strength. It's like, you know, I say to Kari, you know you're so strong like that or you're I love how you give advice on where to go with that you know you've got to start doing that with friends I think.
2: I think so too you know when we work with so my business we work a lot with corporate women and helping them with their career and one of the things that's very powerful um, the activities that we do is a personal brand survey and one of the questions in the personal brand survey is to go and ask people, what are the three words you'd use to describe me professionally? And it's kind of like the flip if you took this situation that we're talking about, Cass, you know, what are the words you would use to describe me? You know, what are the strengths? And getting really clear on that can help you get some clarity around, well, how could I, you know, what's aligned with that in terms of what I'd like to do next?
0: Current circumstances, Gillian, see us in quite unprecedented times. So finding a job, you know, it seems it's probably quite difficult at the moment. My understanding, though, is that there are, you know, TAFE are offering free courses and maybe this is an opportunity where, um, you know, anyone listening to the podcast might think, okay, well, maybe there's something I could do in terms of training. And so I'm ready to go when things improve again and social distancing and, and the, you know, economy starts running again.
2: Yeah, I, I think there are so many free online courses at the moment. You know, you just have to get on that little internet and do some research, but there's some fantastic, of course, some short courses, you know, around, um, you know, maybe presenting yourself or your communication skills to more comprehensive niche courses, uh, and, and they do them so well online now. So... It's a, it's a cracker of a time to upskill and and play with a few things. You know what I mean? Did I like that? Was it what I thought it was going to be? Uh, and it gets us to think in different ways, sort of doing those those types of courses. The other thing is, is to keep talking with your network as well, because things will change. You know, we'll never go back to... Bau, it's a whole new set of norms that we're going to keep unfolding. So talking to your network because things might change. You know, flexible working is probably a great example. People will have a lot more appetite for it now that we've proven that it can work very successfully.
0: And working from home is—I mean, if this time's not showing us anything, it's showing us one thing, and that's that working from home um, can actually work.
2: yeah okay absolutely and whole teams you know and ceos (laughs) it's um you know so hopefully that will really impact um the way people think about well how does this role need to look and you know what do we require from the individual and hopefully that will you know what i mean open up new options for women as well
0: In an earlier episode, Gillian, we talked about how divorce affects productivity, but we also talked about how it's taboo to, you know, if your husband had died, you would tell your boss. And, but if you're, you know, if you get divorced, often, you know, often people don't go and say to the boss that this is happening in their life. How important is it, do you think that that information is shared as a boss? How do you feel about that?
2: Yeah, I think you can share it. I think you can be honest, but I don't think it needs a big story around it. So it's a factual piece of data within the conversation. But the impact of being divorced will be that, you know, I'm now a sole parent, I need um, to earn more money, and that's really where your emphasis is. It's not around the story that sits around the divorce. If you're asking for something, it's around the business piece. But I love the idea of being open and transparent. You know, if you've got a boss that can't handle that, it's probably not the gig.
0: (laughs) so overall though what what's your advice to someone say that has been out you know and I get contacted by a lot of women in this position that they may have been out of the workforce for you know up to 20 years what's the you know the first step for them you know keeping in mind they've got no idea where to start
2: yeah, I think talking to their girlfriends is the first place to start, to get some ideas because I think girlfriends are very generous. You know, they, they want to see you succeed. They might have contacts and people that they could go and talk to and I I think great things come out of that sisterhood
0: Gillian thank you so much for your time today I think it's really important that a out of this everybody listening um you know women and men who are in in this position need to really take the advice and know that there is a support out there but also you know if you won't fight for yourself don't expect anyone else to yeah, absolutely.
2: Got to be on the front foot. Got to back yourself, and you've got to really have an appetite for, for for building this career because it is there. It is there for you. It Takes time, but you know, great things um, are available to us if we start to
1: believe it. So, Cass, you had a considerable break in your career. What was it like coming back for you? Coming back into the workforce was it's something that
0: you really think long and hard about. Yes, you may have to get back into the workforce for financial reasons, but also you're going through a separation. So you're kind of trying to be gentle with yourself. For me, it was, you know, I got offered the opportunity to do Dancing with the Stars. So I kind of really went into something that was left field of my, you know, entire previous working life, if you can even call Dancing with the Stars working. <laughs> but, but, you know, learning to dance or not learning to dance, whichever way it is you like to think that I went about that, was the start of me sort of coming back and going, okay, I've decided I would like to try things a bit differently this time. I'm, I, I was older. Um, I'd had, you know, I'd been in the media for a very long period of time did I want to go back into exactly what I was doing beforehand? I didn't think so. So it gave me the opportunity to kind of go, okay, well, what is it that I want to do? I want to do things that challenge me. I want to do things that I'm interested in, whether it be learn to dance or, you know, work at Teldamundi Youth Services and help homeless children and young people. What is it that I really wanted to do? So like, we'll hear a divorce story a bit later in this show. And The person we speak to also talks about the same things that I felt very strongly about. Your priorities change completely. My priorities were no longer to do X, Y and Z as they were when I was younger and just coming out of university and, you know, tackling my career with, you know, a vengeance. It became about what makes me feel happy. What makes what's going to make me a good parent because you know your work life affects your home life and all of a sudden you're the only adult at the home life so you actually want the work that you do to make you feel really great because you're not going to have someone to come home to complain to about it that's for <laughs> sure <laughs> oh i work today you know so I think a lot of from what I'm hearing from conversations with women who've returned they really do return with energy but they return to do things that they feel passionate about or that they know they're going to enjoy and it's not going to create another headache in their life or not going to be something that that's going to make them sad you know we're looking to be happy and you know we want our work life to make us happy as well. Today's divorce story comes from Nama Winston. Nama had a decade-long legal career, a decade-long parenting and wife career, and then a few years after her marriage ended, she decided to relaunch
1: her life completely. She packed up her world in Adelaide, including her 11-year-old son, and moved to Sydney to start over as a journalist, and she joins us now. So Nama, tell us about your separation.
3: So it was 10 years ago that I decided to split up from my husband with my gorgeous little two-and-a-half-year-old and we packed up and sort of left and it was the right thing to do. After 10 years of marriage, it was not a fixable situation. So, yeah, we were both lawyers at the time and that's actually how we met in law school and we had a law firm and I tried to keep working together together thinking that, you know, we could be civil and stuff. But the fact of the matter is he was never happy that I left and would barely look me in the eyes, and that's still the case 10 years later. Mm -hmm. Um, So I decided to follow a different path for my career.
0: So when you say you stayed working together, how long did you last doing that?
3: Like a couple of years. And because, you know, I really felt, I've worked for this too. Like I've, you know, I was 30. Three at the time. And, you know, I'd been, a, a law was the only thing, you know, that I'd been trained to do. I was all, in my mind, I was always going to be a lawyer. And um, I'd built up this business. I'd invested my own blood, sweat, and tears. Um, but also, I was raising a small child. So I couldn't go to a different law firm. <laughs> like, yeah. if you know anything about law firms, like part time is 80 hours a week. So, <laughs> unless, you know, you've paid your dues and worked your way up to a partnership for 10 years um no one was going to give me a part-time job and I had sole custody of my son so and he was really little so um I was determined to stay there and in fact I actually even considered um, buying him out but instead I decided to do what I always wanted to do and eventually uh after a few years of that I um thought I'd give writing a go
0: Nama, do you think it's one of the, you know, shiny sides of separation? Yeah, that I, That's the way I kind of think of it is that you actually end up really thinking about what's important to you?
3: Oh, undoubtedly. And I think, you know, like even, okay, this is going to sound like wanky, but you know, I had the house and the, you know, the garden and the tennis court and the pool and I, you know, like you do, you have all these material things that are so important to you. And when I left. We went and lived above in the in the granny flat, essentially that was being rented out in the in the suburb next door. And I remember, my sister came up the stairs when she was helping me move, and she just looked at me. And she had tears in mm-hmm. her eyes, and I'm like, "No, this is good. Like this is this is perfect. This, this is all we need is this tiny little you know granny flat. That's all. That's all we need." So I think definitely divorce and separation helps you prioritize basically like what's really important.
1: What advice would you give to someone who's thinking about changing careers and I guess maybe their separation or divorce is giving them or forcing them into a new option? What advice would you have?
3: You know what I always say to people? That I actually feel like the number that I was before I got into that relationship that became my marriage. Because one of the things that most divorced women will, will identify with um, is that you've lost your identity in all of that. You you are a part of a partnership in a marriage and you see, I mean, that's what building a life together is. That's what happens, I guess. But now I feel like <laughs> I'm 43, almost 44, but I feel like the 17-year-old number who mm-hmm. just left school, who <laughs> you wanted to be a you, know, a, you know, a journalist and wanted to be a writer and, you know, had this whole new world at her something. <laughs> yeah, just
0: choices, you know. You had more choices yeah. at that age.
3: Yeah, and you know what? Like I never, I guess I never sat down and thought, oh, this is what I'm doing now, I'm I'm you know. But I just, like the fact that I sent that article, I'll remember it so clearly, that first article to everybody. I'm just like, what have I got to lose? <laughs> like mm-hmm. I actually have... You know, it's something, I have a a career and, you know, I'm not going to, if this doesn't work out, but then I never thought that not working out was an option either. I just kept going and I think that's the best advice, that just um, put one foot in front of the other, which is a cliche, but just keep going because it's possible to become that person who you once were again.
0: Don't you think, uh, Nama, that when they say moving on, they actually um, get it wrong for a lot of divorced people because you move on so far, you actually make major changes.
3: Mm. It's not moving on, it's a a new chapter, a completely new chapter. And if you look back now, uh, you you know, we're in our 40s and everything and you just think, there was so, like, you went to school. That was one chapter. You went to uni. That was one chapter. You had kids. That's that's actually all it is. It's not not acknowledging your past. It's and going right. That's you know that chapter actually helped you become who you are right now. Ready to move on to the next chapter.
0: And it's not a chapter that we foresee. So it's actually kind of even more exciting.
3: I definitely think it's, it's exciting. You know, you just. As I said, I, I never thought of it as becoming that, you know, wide-eyed young person again on the inside and but that's, you know, really what happens that you're just like, all right, and exactly as you said, it's about choices.
0: What's one of the hardest things you found if you think back to going through the separation in the beginning? Mm-hmm.
3: All right. that isn't necessarily applicable to me because I left. I was the one who left. And at the beginning, oh my God, I just had such a good time. (laughs) I was dating, I was drinking, I was going out. Living your
1: best life. You
3: know, like people would say, are you ready to have sex with someone else again? I'm like, it's done.
1: Like it's <laughs> okay, what about, okay, so obviously <laughs> leading up to the point before you left, that must have been a dark time. For you to want to, to leave a marriage, it must have been pretty grim. What would you, in hindsight, sort of tell yourself in, in those darker times, What you, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself back then?
3: That I should have left sooner, to be perfectly honest. I was hitting my head against a brick wall. And what changed is that I'd been with this man for 10 years years and we were and he was 21 years older than me I was his third wife (laughs) and so all throughout my 20s I helped him raise his children and and everything but I um then when it came time to having our own child together he sort of had different priorities so I would tell myself back then to recognize that that age difference really did make a difference because we were ultimately, we became, we were at different life stages.
0: A lot of people write to me, Nama, and sort of talk about how they don't really know what to do and where to turn. Do you think sometimes they're taking on too much of the the guilt of divorce instead of thinking about? You know, my advice is, you know, think about what you want.
3: Absolutely, and I think in particular, there's a lot of guilt from from women about what they're doing to their children but one thing I can say from my own experience is (laughs) and Lies knows this my son thinks I'm a dead set legend (laughs) and for, for everything I do he sees me doing it all on my own and he's just like he I think some fantastic that he's like, oh my god, my mum can do everything and she can do anything, and you know, I, I feel I take so much pride f- from that because really, like, I left for my son.
1: Yeah. Well, Nama Winston, I'm, I'm now uh, uh, your new number one fan, and I'm going to stalk you online, <laughs> looking up on Instagram.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we need a drink together, okay? Yeah, done. <laughs> I'm there.
1: Thanks so much for sharing your story, Nama. Yeah, thank you so much. You're what welcome. an inspirational divorce story that was I feel invigorated
0: (laughs) don't get too invigorated you're still married Annalise
1: (laughs) thanks for listening to divorce story next Cass is our last episode (laughs) I know but we're going to touch on co-parenting with new partners and hear from our girl Constance Hall And if you want to hear more from us, you can follow us on our socials at Cass Thorburn and at Annalise Dent. And Divorce Story is produced by me, Annalise Dent. And me, Cass Thorburn. And the executive producer is Eliza Ratliff.
0: And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the show and leave us a five-star rating and a review. And only a really, really good review. Only good reviews. (laughs)